how to heal from secondary PTSD. I got a lot to say. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I am so glad that you joined us today. All right, y'all, today we are going deep. We're going to talk about secondary PTSD and how to heal from it. All right. So I'm going to need you to get your journals out so you can take some good notes. And there's going to be a lot of scripture and a lot of practical advice that I'm going to share with you today. Okay. So be sure to pause and rewind as you need to. All right. Y'all ready? All right. So if this is the very first time that we're meeting, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Coach Leah, and I am a wife, I'm a mother, and I am a proud U.S. Navy veteran. My husband, who is also Navy, he was deployed twice to Iraq, and as a result of his experience, he was diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and anxiety. Now, let me take a pause here to clarify a few things, all right? Now, my husband did go to war twice, and that in itself is traumatizing, but he also experienced trauma throughout his childhood, all right? And that brings me to the point that life itself can traumatize you. There's going to be certain things and certain you know, experiences that you're going to have that you have no control of. Childhood is one of the most vulnerable times and what you experience during your childhood, it can shape the way that you see the world and the way that you react to it. All right. So it's important to note that although, yes, there's a high rate of military members and veterans that have experienced PTSD, I want you to know that war is not the only type of traumatic experience. Okay. You can just be traumatized just by watching the news and seeing all the bad stuff that's happening around the world today. All right. But I digress. <laughs> Let me stay on subject. Okay. Um, so my husband, he went to war twice. And then on top of all the other traumatic experiences that he's had in life, um, and that's also known as compound PTSD or CPTSD. And all of that had a negative effect on him, um, be it emotional or mental or even physically. So as a way to cope with his circumstances, he began to drink more and heavily. The smallest things would become the biggest fights between us. And because of the alcohol, he became verbally and physically aggressive. And let me tell you something about me. I am not a fighter, okay? <laughs> I have never been in a physical fight. <laughs> and I'm one of those people that think of what I should have said in an argument after it's too late to say it, okay? <laughs> so I do not do well with arguing and arguments, all right? So if you take somebody that's not a fighter and pair them up with someone that's been fighting all their lives, then there's a chance that things can go unbalanced, the Bible says wine is a mocker and strong drink is a brawler. 
My husband can drink beer all day and be fine, but let him have something else. Oh my goodness. And it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. No brown liquor, no white liquor, no moonshine, nothing like that. He cannot take it. <laughs> so what it does to him is it changes his personality and it makes him hard for him to control his anger. And like I said, a simple disagreement would turn ugly. And because I'm not a fighter, I was scared to stand up for myself because I was afraid of what it would do if I did. Like I can't follow through. <laughs> with that. All right. So I was in a situation where I constantly felt like I was being bullied. And let me tell you something, just because I wasn't a fighter doesn't mean that I was not a strong person. I was not weak. The issue was how do you control drunk anger? Guess what? You can't, you can't cast out a drunk spirit. All right. So we just kind of let him have his way and let him wear himself down until he finally passed out on the couch drunk. And to this day, even if he comes in the in the house drunk, which doesn't happen that much anymore, but we don't bother him. You know, we we learn to it's almost like we had to walk on eggshells not to disturb him. And we try to be as quiet as possible when he slept so we wouldn't wake him up and he'd start a whole new round of foolishness. So over the years, we experienced uh, dishes being thrown, uh, glass shattering on the wall and falling all over the floor, uh, chairs being thrown, holes punched in the wall. Um, I've had hurtful words like daggers, you know, being hurled at me. I've been in fear of my life and for his. And through all of that, there was only one physical altercation. But there were times that I didn't know. All right. I felt like it could go left at any minute. So I spent a lot of time in fear. I was always anxious. I was worried about what it was going to be like. Like, what was was this the moment that was going to lead to something terrible? You know, something that we couldn't undo, something that would change us forever. So I know you're asking the question by now, girl. <laughs> Why would you stay in something like that? Why would you subject yourself to such abuse and, and such a toxic environment? You want to know the truth? <laughs> there were a lot of reasons, but the bottom line is I love my husband. I knew that the person he was when he was drinking was not the person he was when he was sober. And I knew that a lot of his words and his actions during those times and those trying moments that came from a place of pain and a brokenness. I also knew that everything was not because of the PTSD. We had some issues in our marriage, and I'll admit that I was a part of the problem. We both came in with our own issues. The PTSD just made it worse, and I stayed with him because the good times outweighed the bad. It was like a roller coaster. There was extreme highs, and there were extreme lows, and we were both the problem. Now, I have two points to make here, okay? First, as I've explained, I would never tell a one-sided story and make my husband the bad guy. Because again, we were both a factor in what was going on. But you need to know that I share my experience because I know that we're not the only ones that have faced this. I know that someone else is living this experience right now, if not worse. And I wanted to show you our example so that we can be transparent and let you see the challenges that we faced and overcome together and through God's grace. I'm proud of my husband. I'm proud of the work that he's done. We don't have these type of issues anymore. They rarely come up. And if it does, it's nothing like it was back in those dark times. 
I tell these stories not to shame my husband or to put him on blast, but I tell them some so someone else can take a look and see themselves in our story and know and see an example of what real love, God's grace and God's covering can do for you. All right. There is peace in the storm and there is sunshine after the rain. You can come out and you can survive. All right. You can be better than you were than when you first began. So the other point I wanted to make is that abuse should never be tolerated. I'll say it again. Abuse should never be tolerated. All right. Now, I already know. Yes, I went through it to a certain extent. Yes, I endured it to a certain extent and we overcame it together. But everybody doesn't get that happy ending. My pain came with a purpose and God covered me and he protect me and him. And he turned things around in his own time. But let me tell you something. What he did not ordain was for his daughters or his sons to be abused. Abuse is abnormal use. It's when you're being used in a way that you were not created for. You aren't created to be somebody's doormat. You're not created to be somebody's punching bag or a garbage can. You're a daughter of the most high. We're chosen people, a royal priesthood. I had to come to understand this. In my pain, I had to find out who I was in God. And once I did that, I began to grow in confidence. And from there, I set a standard of what I was going to accept and what I wouldn't. It took a lot of work to get there, (laughs) but we'll talk more about that later. Okay. So we struggled in our marriage for years. I mean, there were times of extreme highs and extreme lows, just like I said before. I became withdrawn and disconnected. And there were days that I was too depressed to even get out of the bed. I can remember being angry. I was upset with the world, not just at him, but I was angry with the world. And because of that, my relationships with my friends, my families, and even my coworkers, even the people at church, all those relationships suffered. And to top things off, I lost my dad to cancer. If y'all know me, my dad was my best friend and he was my biggest cheerleader. He was a main source of emotional support. And by 2016, I was in this dark place. You know, I, I knew I had to come out, but I didn't know how. So one day I'm riding in my car and I'm listening to a Christian radio talk show. And this lady called in and she was trying to get some advice on some of the problems that she was having in her marriage. And I'm listening. And a lot of what she's saying, it sounds exactly what I was going through at that time. It was as if somebody had set up a camera in my house and they were they were watching us because the story that she was telling, it mirrored my story. Exactly. Now, she was just calling in to figure out how to help her husband. And the host asked her one question. He said, have you sought help for yourself? And she paused for a minute. and She was like, well, I'm not the one with the problem. My husband has the problem. And he goes on to explain that when you're dealing with a loved one that has PTSD and you're constantly in a state of heightened alert and in a toxic environment and you have all this negativity around you, don't think that doesn't affect you, too. Okay. And, and that's when he explained to her about secondary PTSD. And I had never heard of that until then. So basically secondary PTSD simply explained is where someone is affected by the trauma that someone else has experienced. And you find this a lot in healthcare workers or in caregivers. And 
as a wife of someone that has survived trauma, that's exactly what we are. We're caregivers. So what happens is, is that we are affected by the effects of their PTSD. So remember I said, my husband has experienced a lot in his life. All right. We've had two totally different upbringings. I come from a two parent home in the suburbs and he came through the foster care system. I can remember in his speech that he gave at his retirement ceremony, he said that anything you could have imagined, I have experienced it. I've gone through it. And that was just in his childhood. That's enough to mess you up all by yourself. (laughs) All by itself, that's enough to mess you up. Now, imagine that. And on top of the experience of going to war twice. And my God, the things that he witnessed over there, he came back and he had nightmares. He couldn't sleep. He was nervous. He paced all the time. I've even seen him cry when he's talked about the things that he saw over there. And that's if he talks about it, because most times he's not going to going to say anything about it. He doesn't talk about that. He keeps that inside because it's too painful to speak of. So, like I said, in, in order to cope, he drinks and he drinks a lot. And long story short, as his spouse and his caregiver, I take the brunt of that. And it's because I'm the one that's closest to him. I had to learn that I am anointed for this. I'm anointed to be his wife. And that means that I'm anointed to deal with everything that comes with him. But here's the secret. I don't do it alone. I couldn't have done it without the Lord. If it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, my God, where, (laughs) where would I be? I'm gonna just leave that right there before I start having church. Where would I be? So after hearing this man on the radio explain secondary PTSD to this woman that called in with the same story as mine, I knew that I had to do something. So I called the VA and I scheduled an appointment. And sure enough, I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and PTSD of my own. Now, if you knew me, (laughs) especially if you knew me before I got married, you knew me as a happy person. I am that person. I'm always smiling, always ready to have a good time. I always find the silver lining in every situation. (laughs) You know, I once had a a lady tell me, she said, you look like you never go through anything. (laughs) And it's not that I didn't go through anything. It's just the person that I was. That was my personality. But, you know, the funny thing is that unless I let you in, you would never know about the hurt and the pain that I was in. Um, One time I had an appointment at the VA and the way they set you up initially is through a group. And so you have to attend this group session and fill out paperwork so they can assess the level of help that you need. So I get to the group and lo and behold, someone I knew walked through the door (laughs) And, and they knew me from years ago. And the first reaction to seeing me was, what are you doing here? <laughs> like I was out of place. Like you, you are surely in the wrong place. You can't be having any problems. <laughs> and for me, that actually made me feel worse because I realized that I had been hiding behind a mask all this time. You know, it's one thing to power through your day because you have to. And, you know, because you have to take care of business, but it's another thing to wear a mask and act like everything is okay. And like you got it all together when everything around you in truth is actually falling apart. Eventually that mask that you carry is, is going to be too heavy to carry later. And here's another fact. Actually, I did not know that I was depressed. It was revealed to me 
<laughs> the very first time that I visited the church that I'm at now. Um, I went to visit the church because I actually knew some people that had went to the church and I was I wanted to go make an appearance and say hi <laughs> and, and see the people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And at the end of the message, my pastor, well, he, he wasn't my pastor then, but my pastor says, can I pray for you? And I'm like, uh, OK, <laughs> so he prays and I begin to feel something that I've never felt before, you know, to this day, it's it's hard to put it into words. All I can say is that it was the Holy Ghost. And what it did was it opened my heart for me to be receptive to God's presence in my life. And when he prayed, he called out a spirit of depression and he named it and he could see that that was on me. And I had no idea. I had known that something was off in me and that I wasn't as happy as I used to be. And I just figured, you know, I just figured it was life. But it was a spirit of heaviness on me. And and this is why it's important to have the right person speaking over you. It's a blessing to have a spiritual covering because they can see beyond what you can. And as a spouse, especially as a PTSD spouse, you are a covering. You have the ability to look and discern and to see what's happening in your spouse. It may be something that they are not aware of. Something could be happening or there may be a danger that's there that they have no idea about. But because you're on alert, you can pray and you can take action and be ready for whatever comes because you are that covering for them. Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. So let me get back to my story. (laughs) So the VA diagnoses me and I did some counseling. Um, They they prescribed some medicine to me and I I didn't, uh, truth moment, I didn't like how the medicine made me feel. (laughs) So I didn't take as much as I should have. You know, my my healing ended up coming through self-care. Um, now let me say that's what worked for me, but if you're, if you are prescribed medication, by all means, please take your meds. Okay. A lot of times my husband didn't take his meds because he didn't like the side effects either. He had to play around with the dosage until he found out what was going to work for him. To this day, he is not a fan of some medicine and he's found a natural and more holistic way to deal with his conditions. All right. And again, I say, listen, I am not a doctor and neither is he. (laughs) What we did is to find what works for us. 
And it would be irresponsible of me to even attempt to give you any kind of medical advice because I am not qualified. Okay. (laughs) No medical advice coming from here. All right. That's my little disclaimer. I'm only here to tell you what worked for me. And I want to encourage you to find what works for you. All right. But start with the help of a medical professional. Okay. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So as I said, what worked for me um, was self-care. And as a matter of fact, you can even call it soul care because essentially what I was facing, what I was facing was a spiritual issue. So granted, there's many reasons that someone could face a mental health crisis. Um, And they're all different reasons. Sometimes it can be bought on by a chemical imbalance. Um, It could be something that's going on in the body and maybe even something that's passed down, you know, through hereditary and through your genes. But again, I'm only going to speak to my situation. All right. And what I found out was that what I was experiencing was a form of spiritual warfare. So although the initial trauma didn't actually happen to me, I was still feeling the effects of it. And I ended up experiencing my own trauma behind it. Now, as we said before, the goal of the enemy is to what? Is to steal, to kill and destroy. The family is the basic unit of any society. So what do I mean by that? Society is made up of people and people come from families. And what is happening in society is a direct reflection of what is going on in the family. So while the devil is plotting to steal, kill and destroy, his plan is to divide and isolate so that he can conquer. If he can take you away from the structure and safety of the family, then he can isolate you and attack you because your defenses are down. I know that was a lot. (laughs) I know that was a lot. So in the case of PTSD, what happens is, is that this person has experienced a traumatic event. They have lived through trauma. And as I said before, trauma changes the way that you see the world and the way that you relate to it. So you end up having trust issues. You may become overprotective of yourself and your emotions and maybe even your loved ones, your family, because you have experienced hurt and you don't want to experience it again. So you're guarded and you end up having a wall up. And what's really happening is that you're letting fear and anxiety rule you. They govern the way that you move and they govern the decisions that you make. And you end up becoming isolated because you don't know who to trust and you become hard to deal with. So nobody wants to deal with you. So you end up being isolated anyway. And you're not willing to open yourself up to be hurt or to be disappointed again. But let me tell you, the devil is going to use all of that And in your weakened state, he's going to whisper thoughts to you and make you think a certain way. He's the father of lies. He's going to make you feel a certain way. And before you know it, you are in a state of depression. And what happens emotionally, it can affect you mentally. And when that happens, what affects you mentally, that can affect you physically. And that can lead to death. Just think about it. Stress and worry can give you ulcers. They give you high blood pressure. You get headaches. If they're not controlled, you can have a medical emergency. Stress can kill you. So this is why it's important to take care of yourself. I always say self-care is the highest form of self-love. You want to love on yourself? Take care of yourself. (laughs) All right. So when you're facing spiritual warfare, there's a few things that you can do to win the fight. 
All right, everybody, we are out of time and just when it was getting good. <laughs> All right, so join us next week. We're gonna go over some tools that you're going to need for spiritual warfare. I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. See you next week. Peace, y'all.